And we are live, coming to you live on a Tuesday morning. Yes, sir. Y'all know it's not a Monday morning, not a Monday afternoon, not a Monday night, but it is what it is. I told you guys I would come in here and I would record when needed be. Yeah, I was a little bit busy, but it is what it is. Got the Game Breakers breaking it down on a Tuesday. Edwin in the club and I break it. I'm just, you know, I'm just fooling around here. But anyways, I hope everyone is having a great, great day. Once again, a nice start to the week. I hope you guys are still grinding as usual. Don't forget that your goal is in your hands. No matter what people may say, no matter what you may believe, it is still in your hands. And I am actually kind of disappointed because uh, my team who I am rooting to win the NHL playoff hockey Stanley Cup finals, whatever you want to call it, uh, lost last night. Colorado Avalanche lost. It is okay. You know, we're still looking good to the one up, but we have to regroup, come back for game four. I'm just giving you guys a little synopsis of what I think about for that matchup right there. But anyways, guys, so much. You know, I'm so excited for this episode. I really am because there's so much to talk about. So much. So much interesting news that we'll dive into. So let's dive into it. And by the way, I hope you guys just sit back and relax and stay tuned for what I'm about to say. Because what I'm about to say is a lot of crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Starting off in Pittsburgh, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool on a podcast, I Am an Athlete. I Am Athlete, sorry. The I Am Athlete podcast says on that podcast that And I quote, I know for a fact I am not like the rest of the guys in the NFL. I know I am a top five receiver. I know I'm a top three receiver. Come on now. Come on now, bro. Come on now. Well, let's be honest here. You know, I have a big problem sometimes of how realistic these guys can be. Okay. You know, from my perspective, at least. But from their perspective, I get it. They're in the NFL, they're playing at a high level, they're in a league where it's about grown men and young men trying to make a living for themselves while playing at a high standard. I get all that, while also trying to represent the organization at its best. But, Clay Chase, Chase, I'm over over here botching his name. Chase Claypool, don't you dare ever say that again in your life. I mean, seriously, don't you dare say that again. You know, you know how I like my receivers, right, guys? Tall, possession-type receivers can go up and get it. Um, The guys that have some okay breakaway speed, the guys who are okay route runners, not to be the best, apparently, but that are okay route runners. And that actually fits the mode of Chase Claypool, if I'm being honest here. Coming out out of – what did he come out of? I think he came out of Pittsburgh, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But the point is that, you know, coming out of college, I actually wanted Chase Claypool. I did. I wanted him, and I wanted to just draft him, you know, because I'm a little bit biased. Sorry, not Pittsburgh, Notre Dame. I'm forgetting about the college, Notre Dame. Um, But point is, is that this guy has come in, and yes, you have had some mediocre QB play. I'll give you that. I mean, you're not really going to put up big numbers when you have Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph throwing you the, the football. I get all that. So, when it comes down to it, you go back to his first season, Baron Roethlisberger actually had some okay numbers, some good numbers. Actually, I can't even say okay, some good numbers. 33 and 10 is not bad, but we all have that notion that they were fakers, not really not really 
contenders they're pretenders and we saw really quickly in the playoffs that the Cleveland Browns dismantled that team in the first round wild card okay we move on to the next year and they're pretty much kind of the struggling offense pretty sloppy pretty lackluster I'm not even sure how they won in some of these games yes it's through defense but it's also through the idea of the other team keeping them in the game and then making a couple of plays here and there to get back into the game. And then here they are stealing the game and stealing a win that they should not be winning and having a terrible offensive line, a QB that can't throw past five yards, a receiver core that is dropsy here and there. And Chase Claypool, listen, if you want to be a top five receiver, which you are not, by the way, a top three receiver, which you are far from it at this point of your career, for me, it all comes down to being consistent, right? And in the past, I have seen too much. And yeah, he still is young. He's only his going into his third year right now. But I've seen too much inconsistency from your game that makes me believe you're not even a top 10 receiver. I mean, I was so pissed off and so shocked, actually, at what he did in that Vikings game where he catches the first down. I'm, I'm sure you guys remember. I'm sure Steelers fans remember this vividly clear as day catches the first down i think it was on the fourth down they're trying to get a spike this guy celebrating now being a top five top three receiver to me or a top athlete is not just about trying to be the best when it comes to attributes when it comes to production on the field it also comes down to being a leader and that's why part of that is is the reason why i can no longer ever say that you are, you know, at this point, ascending towards being top five. Because when I saw that, I was pissed off for Steelers fans. And you know me, top five teams I hate is Steelers are definitely in there. Top five teams, Pittsburgh is in that group. But I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, why are you celebrating when your team is trying to trying to tie the game? Not even win the game, trying to tie the game. They need a two-point conversion. They're not, they're far from it. They need a miracle. Like, what are you doing? Stuff like that makes me believe that you are insecure. You're not insecure. You, you are immature, and you need a lot more growing to do. So I'm not saying he doesn't, he doesn't have a chance to become a top-five receiver, maybe even a top-three receiver. Who knows? But the point is, is that, come on, Chase. Come on. Come on, Chase. Don't do it to yourself, man. Seriously. He has okay numbers, too. Okay numbers. Right in two seasons, he's had 800 yards. It's not bad when you have guys like Ben Roethlisberger throwing to you at the end of his career. I get it. Also, for touchdowns, he was a touchdown machine this first year. All right, he had a great year for touchdowns nine touchdowns, not bad at all. But the point is that you can't be calling yourself a top five receiver, a top three receiver, if you haven't even broken 900 yards yet. And we all understand, yes, you have a guy in Deontay Johnson, all these other guys who are sharing their rock with you when it comes to trying to have the distribution of targets and the amount of targets thrown your way. But, Chase, you have a lot more growing to do, a lot more. I don't mind the confidence, but let's be realistic here, guys. Come on now, Steelers fans, let's be realistic. He is nowhere near that. He is not that guy yet. He is not that guy. Moving on. Washington Commanders. Owner Daniel Snyder once again confirmed that he will not testify before the United States Congress House Oversight Committee. 
Oh, he is hiding something, guys. He is hiding something. You know, what's funny, how can you say, or how can you claim to say that you will participate, you'll cooperate, you'll do whatever it takes to get to the bottom of this whole entire investigation, but you won't testify? I find that really odd. I find that really odd. Okay, attorney Karen Patton Seymour responded to the letter uh, Monday saying that Mrs. Snyder, and I quote Mrs. Snyder, Mrs. Snyder's business conflict was scheduled long before then and cannot be rescheduled. The letter stated, uh, Thompson, via Thompson, moreover, your letter suggesting that Mr. Snyder may testify remotely does not address my concern that a virtual appearance would not sufficiently protect Mr. Snyder's interest in having his counsel physically physically present with him or present with him at least for that matter the point is that what are you hiding daniel snyder i mean what are you hiding allegations towards him having um you know something regarding sexual misconduct having a toxic environment with all these things coming up and we know we have seen in the past that whatever has been digging in the ground or dug in the ground for that matter, you know, will come up later on in lifetime. And it took a while, but this came up that he had this quote unquote allegedly toxic, very much so bad environment that his employees were working in. Not good at all. Not good. And now, once again, going back to Deshaun Watson, kind of similar thing, it makes you look really bad when you don't want to testify. Makes you look really bad. The image is, is, is going down. It's plummeting. It's plummeting. Because you don't want to testify. What are you hiding? That's the main question. What are you hiding? All right? Even with Deshaun Watson, right? I'm not going to really defend him over here. But, like, he at least tried to cooperate, sort of, you know, quote, unquote, by answering the questions, doing what he needed to do. Yeah, he still looks bad anyway. Doesn't matter what happens. He looks bad. He looks terrible. With the new information that came out, he looks pretty damn terrible. But the point is that he cooperated. Daniel Snyder, how can you say that you are going to cooperate and you will not testify? Come on now. All right? Some some background information, guys, for you. NFL had his own investigation uh, for the commander's organization and fined them $10 million. Then Congress opened up its own investigation uh, it's the workplace uh, culture and it uncovered new allegations regarding sexual harassment against Snyder, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, all these bad things that he does not want to speak about. And I just find it really odd. You know, in the NBS squad, we have a couple of commanders fans in there and they are just appalled, annoyed, enraged about how he's still on this team. Like, why is he not gone yet? You know, I don't want to speak for them, but for the most part, they're like, you're making us look bad. It's not a good look on the organization. It's not a good look for the whole entire fan base. Like, where are we going with this? Why is it taking so long for us to get down to the conclusion of what's going on? Oh, yeah, no, nah, it's not good at all. It is not good at all. But that's just a thought, just a thought, you know, of what's going on. For the Washington Commanders, we know that we don't really give too much coverage on this team anyway because, let's face it, they're not that good. But the point is that they need to get down to the bottom of this. And Daniel Snyder, you need to make your decisions wisely, my man. Wisely.
Okay. So, I thought this was some good news to talk about. KJ Martin. Yes, I know the Houston Rockets don't only get too much buzz. Don't only get too much coverage. Once again, a team that is dysfunctional, young, but dysfunctional. If you saw them play last year, ugh, boy, oh boy, I don't know what to say about that. But I do know that they're going through a transitionary period of trying to get back into the fold, trying to build a foundation. So I'm going to give them a pass. But we can't deny how bad they looked last year. Just can't. But KJ Martin has requested for a trade. KJ Martin, if you guys don't know who he is, I understand. Uh, once again, if you don't really watch Rockets games, if you don't really have a deep understanding of the teams and the rosters of the NBA, you only really understand exactly who this guy is. But I do. A guy who is, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny, guys? There's so much hope around his game for just breaking out and having all these pieces to his offensive game, which is very much possible. But I don't see anything other than him being a highlight reel. Duncan, layups here and there. He has he he is the definition of a three and D kind of player. Defense, you know, the energy, the physicality, the cutting layups, like a Gary Payton kind of guy who just tries to make his way through highlight reels. He's trying to improve upon his offense. I get that. But, you know, a little bit too late because now that the Rockets have their pick in the draft, uh, it's reported that they may draft one of these guys, Jabari Smith, Paolo Banchero, Chet Holmgren. So these guys may come in. One of these guys may come in. And it's going to be a case of, well, where does Martin fit now? You know, because I look at their roster and I say, well, you can't play over Jalen Green. You can't play over Kevin Porter Jr. You can't play over Deshaun Tate. Definitely not him. You can't play over Sengun. That's my guy, Sengun. You know, one of the top receivers. I said the top receiver. One of the top draft picks in the draft. Can't play over him. Probably not. So, yeah, he may lose some minutes here and there. I don't see why he has... The, the thought in his mind that he's going to lose significant minutes, I don't think he's going to lose significant minutes because, let's face it, guys, I think he's part of that young core on the Rockets team that, that does need to build that foundation and that does need to have give the, the much more needed reps for the young guys as much as possible. So he will have some bench minutes. But if he's looking for much more than that, I don't see how that happens. I don't. So I get his reasoning for trying to request for a trade because he thinks that he's going to be the odd man out, which he will be because let's face it, guys, when you average eight points, three rebounds, 21 minutes so far will turn into 15 minutes, probably 14 if he's lucky. So I, I, I understand exactly where he's coming from, but there are reports that there are some teams, championship teams, actually, that want his services, which if you're willing to wait for a guy to develop, so be it. If you're willing to just use him in his role of a 3 and D kind of guy and just use his athleticism, he's more of like a Derrick Jones kind of guy, you know, like a highlight reel, high flyer. You see his dunks on the game? Well, you feel those dunks. It's crazy. Boom. I get all that. Has an okay three-point shot, too. He can stretch the floor that way. But once again, 3 and D kind of guy. 3 and D kind of guy. But he does have the chance to improve upon his aspects of the basketball game and improve upon the whole idea of just trying to be a better basketball player. I think that he is on the right track because, let's face it, he does have a good defensive resume to himself. 
I think he does try hard enough. He does have that okay lockdown stance of a defender. And also he does have the the occasional three-point ball. So maybe his ceiling is a Matisse Thibel, depending on how he develops, maybe a little bit more. I'm not really going to compare him to Matisse Thibel, but I'm saying that, you know, he has the similar trends of what Matisse Thibel is. And also he is a high flyer too. So that adds another aspect to his game. But I just think it's really interesting how a guy on a dysfunctional team who has, who is just as young <laughs> as any of the Rockets players on that team is requested for a trade this early. It's funny. It is funny. A guy who is opting out of his contract, by the way, P.J. Tucker, my guy, the guy who I call floater game. And let me just say this before I even go into the details. Guys, I love Tucker. I really do. That is my guy. You know, he helped us even have this 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 rise in, in our levels for defense. He helped us become a great defensive team. We were already a good defensive team anyway. But the point is that he helped us elevate our games. There were so many times where our offense was stagnant. And we got points simply because he out-hustled the other team. Because he wanted to out-rebound players and play bigger than his stature. Play some good defense for a 37-year-old. I get all of that. And he wants to opt out of his, you know, uh, $7.3 contract to probably like an 8.4 around that area probably the max 10 million he just wants more of a high uh, starting salary i get that so we'll see what happens the most that we can give him is three years uh, i think that he will definitely try to fight a little bit harder to try and keep his services because he does represent that culture very well very very well a guy who is listen tucker's game is so simple but yet so damn efficient and I'm like, well, why is it so efficient? This guy just in the corner, three-point balls. Bang. You know, he actually had a, a, a career high since his days in Houston when he shot 41%, which is pretty damn good in my opinion. It's pretty good. And he also had this nice floater game. I call him floater game, guys. A nice floater that he just, he was automatic with. I made a nice comment here one day that I said that his floater game is better than Trey Young's. I was obviously, you know, capping a bit. I was, I was over-exaggerating, but point is, is that i love his intensity i love his 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 energy i love the fact that he never gives up gives up on any play and he is a player that we should be fighting hard to keep next season um i don't want to have a case of us <laughs> having a a massive 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 i say massive hold at the power forward position i know he's not the biggest doesn't really help us in that rebounding department uh i get all that but the point is, is that he does bring what we are, which is heat culture. He brings that that whole environment of just, uh, or that whole entire energy of just trying to be bigger and play much more harder than what the other team brings to you at that moment in time. So I love it. I, I think that we should try. I'm not saying we should throw the whole bank to him. Definitely should not, because if we want to win a championship, uh, we have to go more as to trying to get more players, aside from Tucker, to help us win a championship next season. But the point is, is that we should definitely make a run at trying to sign him again. And he has stated in the past that he wants to be here. So there is that thought that he's going to come back again. We might sign him for like a, maybe a two-year deal and hopefully just um, try and utilize his services for the max two years and try and win a championship. Because Tucker is that kind of player where he can age, but he's pretty much going to stay the same when it comes to production 
when it comes to defending. I think his defense his defense has dropped off a bit, but he's still an above average defender. Uh, he does give us that that edge, and also the idea of just trying to be able to you know play bigger than what you are. So I like that about Tucker, and I do believe that he will help us to you know gain that respect once again next season with that dog mentality. Yeah, we are dogs too. We we are some dogs too. But I, I do understand that he does he does want some more money. He wants to be able to command a higher salary. I think he does deserve it considering what he does last season. But let's see what happens, guys. I'm hoping that he make a run to keep him in services. No, I'm asking a lot because he is PJ Tucker, and you know he is a guy like that. That is not really much favored among the other fans in the NBA, unless he's on your team at least for that matter. But you know, a guy like Will doesn't really rate him that much. Speaking of Will, can you talk to me about Kyrie Irving? <laughs> can you talk to me about Kyrie Irving? What the heck is going on here? What is going on here? Okay, so for the first time in a long time, we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to come back here because I have a lot, a lot to say about Kyrie Irving, guys. So stay tuned for that and enjoy the commercials. Hey guys, it's me, Christy Love. And if you want to stay up to date on all Chicago sports, like the Bears, Justin Fields took it upon himself to tally our team back and score 23 points in the fourth quarter. He just showed America that he's a star and everybody was saying it. The Bulls. This has been the best team we had since Jordan or the hottest topics in sports as a whole, tune in to File on the Play, hosted by yours truly, and brought to you by Nuts and Bolts Sports. What's up, guys? Ryan Cooley here. Just wanted to let you know if you're a huge football fan or fan of the NFL, be sure to check out my podcast, Cooley's Controversial Takes, on the Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Every episode, I do a quick little recap of each game that was played during that week. Uh, at the end of the episode, I'll make my weekly picks who I think will win. And in the middle of the episodes, I'll be going over a lot of Washington football, uh, going to a deeper dive of their game or moves that they've made. And I also go over any big headlines that occurred during that week in football. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check out my podcast. Once again, it's Cooley's Controversial Takes on the Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbeans. Hello, this is Greg Rector, and this is Greg's Gripes, my podcast. And my podcast focuses in on things in the world of sports that do tend to bother me, and that's why I have my gripes. And I'm also the one of the senior writers at NutsAndBoltsports.com. I cover the Dallas Cowboys with Cowboys Corner. I also write about the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Blue Jays, various other things in the world of sports. And as I said, this is my area of the podcast world where I get to do some griping. Yes, sir. It's Game Breakers here, the number one sports podcast in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Available on all podcast platforms, dropping new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Listen, if you're not tuning into Game Breakers, what are you really doing with your life? Seriously. And we're back. I hope you guys enjoy the commercials. I know it's been a long time since I dropped those commercials from the Team MBS, but, you know, it is here. It, it is back momentarily. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to do another commercial break, but... Just wanted to give you guys a little different feel for the episode. You know, a little different feel for the whole entire Game Breakers fiasco that's going on right now. So back to Kyrie Irving. Back to Kyrie Irving. The Nets are at an impasse. 
impasse. That word impasse. You know what's funny, guys? When I first heard the word impasse, I pronounced it empathy. <laughs> empathy. What, what the heck is empathy? What, what is that? Anyways, point is that the Nets, Kyrie, stalled. Stalled. What is going on here? Kyrie reportedly, reportedly plans to explore leaving Brooklyn in free agency. And the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Clippers are expected to emerge as potential suitors. Now, before we even go to this whole who will be better with the Fed and all that good stuff, listen, man, Kyrie, I, I know the man must be kicking rocks right now. I, I know that he had he probably had to stay in this probably because of how absent he's been in the past. But the rant, if that may be true, then what do you, what did you expect? What did you expect? We knew this would happen with Kyrie. We knew that he he is capable of doing things like this. Oh, I want you know, come to me to Brooklyn. We're gonna have a great time in Brooklyn. You know, let's let's dodge the Knicks. Let's go to Brooklyn. Stephen A. Smith was like, "You guys are gonna regret not coming to the New York Knicks side of town." And now he is he's kind of right in a way. He is kind of right. Oh, let's come. To, let's go to Brooklyn. Come here. Oh, well, but it's COVID. What's going on with COVID? I'm not getting my shot. I don't feel like doing my shot. I don't want to be fascinated. Oh, I'm injured here and there, too. All the, well, well, all these excuses has led to what? Failures. Failures for this team that would not expect it, to be honest. Failures that said, okay, we're going to have, you know, a case of us getting swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. Yeah, they were the eventual eventual uh, Eastern representatives. But the point is that to get swept, though, when you were expected to win a championship, it's pretty damn bad. That is pretty damn bad. Okay? And Durant, I could, I could tell he's had enough of this. He has had enough of this. Durant has had enough. I can't lie on him. A guy that does not defend well, a guy that, that, that was – was sparsely used last year in the regular season because he didn't want to be vaccinated. His choice, I'm not going to argue against it, his choice, but, you know, he put the, himself over the, over the team. That's, that's what happens. That's what he did. That's what he did. No, nothing against that, but that's what he did. He put himself over the team in that case. Did not want to play because he didn't want to be, be vaccinated. I get it. But ultimately, that caused the Nets, when they did have these injury concerns, to plummet down the Eastern Conference standings. And then when they faced a team like the Celtics, they got swept. Now, imagine if he would have played. I'm not saying they would have been first seed, but maybe around that that fourth to first. Imagine they get home court advantage. Imagine if they don't have to play the, the Boston Celtics the first round. Imagine if they play another team in the first round, maybe have a different route to the finals. A lot of these things would be different. But it's not. You know why? Because you could not rely on Kyrie. And as a player, you know, he gives you, what, 27 and 5? I get that. And he and all that money that he's due, he, he definitely deserves it. What is it, $36 million? Has a player option, though, to opt out. He could be a free agent this season, though. I get all that. Point is that I, I, I just knew coming in that I would never trade for Kyrie. Me, I would never do it. I wouldn't. Because you guys know me, I like to have no drama or the amount less amount of drama as possible when it comes to having a player on my team. You guys asked me, Will asked me a couple of a months ago about 
would you sign Josh Gordon? I said, no, I wouldn't. Because my team has been notoriously a laughingstock in the past. Why would I sign someone else who has more issues than freaking, <laughs> I don't even know who to even compare him to, issues and suspensions and whatnot? No, I don't want all that. No, I don't. I want none. I want no parts. No parts. And I'm not saying Kyrie is a guy that has, you know, too many issues off the court. But personally, for me, the distraction that he brings for teams, you know, Boston Celtics going, to, you know, leaving LeBron James is like, oh, well, like I want to run my own things. I want to run my own teams. I want to do things my way. He saw real quickly that that did not happen to what he wa- what he expected. <laughs> and this guy right here, Kyrie immediately came to Brooklyn, called Kevin Durant, was like, yo, come play with me. We can win the championship here. We don't need a head coach. You see, stuff like that irks me. Statements like that make me upset. We don't need a head coach. If he was on my team saying that saying that nonsense to Eric Spolstra, I'd be infuriated. Because I'm just like, why are you saying that? Why? why? Like, why, why are you saying that? That's a terrible look on the organization itself, a terrible look on the coaches because, you know, just, I mean, he's a grown man, but allow him to say that in general means you have no control over the locker room. A lot of these issues right here, stuff like I don't, I don't really see that the reason of trying to trade for him. But going on to these other teams that are in the mix, you know, let's first, first off, I know they probably are the most viable option when it comes to the amount of money and the, the, the likeliest route of trying to do this, but Knicks for me are out. They're out. You know, when you do a, a sign-and-trade, you have to find a way to have something of equal value that is being returned for each team. What do the Knicks have? What do they have? Let's be honest here, people. What I can see happening for the Knicks, which could be beneficial for the Nets, is that they do a sign-and-trade. They include multiple players in this whole entire trade thing. Right, and then you have a team for the Nets that Durant could possibly lead, and he could be the bus driver, quote unquote. Whether to word to Charles Barkley, he could be the bus driver of that team, and possibly win a championship, depending on who he has uh, come in from that sign and trade. But if Kyrie does go there, and that does happen, then it's a case of, well, I mean, what is he working with over there? Like, does he want to win a championship at this point? Like, what's going to happen? Because he won't have virtually anybody to help him win a championship in New York. And on top of that, yeah, they could possibly have this influx of free agents come in because, you know, they want to come play in New York. Maybe, quote-unquote, want to come play with Kyrie. I know he hasn't been the best when it comes to just the the whole idea of trying to play with in general. Maybe he's learned in the past. I'm not sure. But maybe they might have a change of heart and say, I want to come play with Kyrie in New York. But that all won't happen in a year span. And they won't be a year. They probably are. I'm even being kind of, but next year, it depending on what happens, that's that's kind of in itself of them being considered contenders for anything. So no, Knicks is not a, a good situation for me. The Clippers, come on now. Norman Powell probably you trade him, a couple of pieces, a couple of picks, get Kyrie to pair up because you're not giving up Paul George, you're not giving up Kawhi Leonard. I I, I know I don't care how long it's been since these guys have been played basketball. I don't care how long it's been since these guys have been injured. You're not giving up those guys because what they don't bring, headaches. What they don't bring, distractions. Maybe distractions here and there about resting players and, 
you know, the injury distraction itself, but they don't bring any of that nonsense to the Clippers. Clippers are a small, quiet team in L.A. It's L.A., so they are still kind of big, quote-unquote, but they're small. They don't really have the physique, the nature, the enthusiasm, the, 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 the grill of what the Lakers do have at the moment. But they're still small. They're still respectable, in my opinion, because they don't really do too much. They don't really command a lot of distractions with that team. Bringing in Kyrie Irving would instantly, instantly provide a distraction, depending on how he acts. Because I, what I've seen in the past is that he has been a distraction for most of the team that he's been on. Actually, virtually every team he's been on. Boston. Went to leave Cleveland later on. I mean, he wasn't a distraction in Cleveland pretty much. But towards the end of the 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 his, his years in Cleveland, I guess you could say he was becoming sort of sort a uh, distraction for the team. That led on to being in Boston and now all these issues about being the main guy and I should have trusted in Braun or whatever, whatever, going into Brooklyn and, oh, yeah, come play for Brooklyn. Oh, we're going to win a championship here. Come on now. Come on now. The likeliest trade for me would be the Lakers because it depends on what they want to do with Anthony Davis. I mean, Russell Westbrook is not going to be included in this deal. I know he has a bad contract too, so we'll see if they want to include him. But I know the Nets wouldn't want to bring – uh, Russell Westbrook trade in this mix and have him play with KD again. That's not going to happen. I know KD probably wouldn't want that either. So the likeliest trade would have to be Anthony Davis. Put your foot down and get a big that a guy that you know that you need size in. Got to got to remember, Andre Drummond is a free agent. They don't really have too much size on that team. Ben Simmons, another fiasco right there, another distraction on that team. But he's not a center. So what do you need to help you win a championship? What do you need to keep you relevant in the East? Size. He brings tremendous size for this team. A guy that can play defense. A guy that has his shot that can create his own offense. I get all of that. That's pretty good. A guy that could possibly take the load off of Kevin Durant. Once again, have that another star that you can rely on to get you a bucket, even though he has not played the best in the past couple of years, even though he has not been the most reliable as well, too, when it comes to just the injury aspect of the game. But he's a guy that does not bring distractions with the team and can allow Durant to lead this team and possibly prove the doubters that he is, quote-unquote, the bus driver of any team that he steps on the floor with. So we'll see what happens. I think the Lakers are probably the best trade destination for Kyrie at the moment. But this guy, man, Kyrie, I'm just over it, man. I really am over it, to be honest. And I, I told these guys, I told them that this guy was not, he is not what you want for your team moving forward. I don't want to call him a cancer too much, but in my opinion, he's he's borderline cancer. He makes his teams big distractions that you don't want to deal with. They have two distractions. On, they have two distractions. Two distractions on that team. Kyrie and Ben Simmons. A team that is supposed to be considered a, a team that wants to win a championship. I mean, how can you win a championship with all these distractions and obstacles in your way that are that are internal, <laughs> not even external, that are internal? Now, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the competition yet, and we're talking about guys who are gonna stop us stop us from winning a championship in our own house. Come on now, let's let's come on now, please, please stop it, please stop it. But anyways, guys. Let me let me hear what you guys think about that in regards to where Kyrie should go. Who is the best fit 
But which team is the best fit, best fit for him at, at this moment? Is the Lakers, Clippers, the Knicks? I heard the heat in that, that, that sentence. Please, nope, no, nope, steer away from no, 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 I don't want it. I don't, I don't want him. Steer away from the heat culture. Please, no defense, just a score, you know, instant offense. I get all that. He, he has no weaknesses in his game, but I don't want it. No distractions. I want us to have a nice field culture that can help us win games, right? That culture has helped us win games. Being or uh, having the head on right, Kyrie, I don't know. He's, he's questionable for me. He is questionable, but also with the idea of having LeBron James as, as your teammate again, what does it do? It does for the moment put you back into that conversation for contending for a championship again. I will say that, you know, having LeBron James and Kyrie Irving too. Yeah, they worked together in the past. Yeah. They can find a way to to make this work again. You know, I, I know what people may say about Ty Lue and the Clippers about how he was able to manage Ky, uh, Kyrie. But, yeah, let's face it. It's a different kind of breed now. Different kind of beast. It's not the same players. He's playing with Kawhi now. He will be playing with Kawhi and Paul George. Not the same players. So you can't really rely on that aspect. But going to the Lakers and play with LeBron James, now that's a different kind of story. Now we have a case of, okay, now he's going to get him good shots. He's going to have the, the luxury of taking uh, rest and knowing that he has a scorer, a potent scorer who can get him buckets while he's on the bench. And they can have that second option to just go out of the teams and keep him in games. Russell Westbrook, whenever it would be a case of him leading the offense and trying to keep his team in games when LeBron James was on the floor, I mean, when he was on the bench, to me, it didn't really have the best impact. You know, I don't care what the numbers may say, either negative or positive. It did not have the best impact at all. But overall, they were a poor team anyway, so I, it didn't really matter at that point. Point is, is that Kyrie coming to the Lakers is not a terrible situation. Yes, there is that factor of a distraction that will be brought to your team. And let's face it, guys, the Lakers are already a distraction as it is because of all these things. Russell Westbrook, despite him not being too much of being – this quote-unquote bad guy off the court and on the court, whatever the case may be, because his play has been putrid this past season, he's a distraction. Shouldn't be through that case, but he's a, he's a distraction. And because Lakers are so known for this hip-hop lifestyle and this Hollywood lifestyle, they're going to be at the center of every news topic. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a bigger distraction if Kyrie does decide to come there. Or, you know, if, if they do work out a, a, a sign and trade and get Kyrie over there for a guy like Davis. But there is hope. There is hope. We we thought that coming into the season when Westbrook first came there that we didn't know how it would work. I think it's safe to say that it did not work. But we do know that Kyrie and LeBron has worked in the past. It has worked. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, guys. Thank you so much for once again tuning in for another great episode of Game Breakers. Thank you for staying for the whole entire episode. I appreciate you guys for that. I really do. But you know me. Support the mandem. NBS, the shows, the content, the writing, the podcast, all that great stuff. And ultimately, tune in every week for Game Breakers. I'm not sure why I'm doing any other day aside from Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But I do know that we are going to give you at least three episodes a week, hopefully, depending on my schedule. 
<laughs> Just joking. All right, guys. Have a great day. We are out.